0: Listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now here's Mark Miller and David Moulton.
1: Top of the morning to you on this Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. And yes, yes, I am under the weather. I'm gonna need, gonna need my friend, my teammate, my co-host a lot. How the heck are you? That's not very good, is it? Miller and Moulton the Florida Sports Network, com. Probably should have rolled tape there.
2: I was ready. I I didn't know. I thought you were going to make a quick call. I thought it was going to be an opener today. I felt like a Tampa Bay Ray pitcher that I thought I may have to come in, give it a how the heck are you to get it started today, David.
1: I feel like I was Brady Singer for Team USA last night. All right. And and if there are four people out there who knows the reference that I'm making, okay, I, I applaud you. I do. This is the baseball hour, so I I figured I could go there. But, yeah, nobody knows what I'm talking about. Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. And it's so funny. I mean, Mark, if you're March Madness, if you're the person responsible, if you're the new president of the NCAA, you've been on the job not even two weeks, and you're like, listen, we own this time of year. This is awesome. Selection Sunday. And then midday the Dolphins go and trade for Jalen Ramsey. And it was just kind of like listen, what you guys are doing is really cute. It is. It's fun. So a lot of people that are going to be interested. Okay. And and all that. But just so you know, Wednesday afternoon, the new NFL year starts, and whatever happen those moves are more important than what happens beginning Thursday afternoon on the court. Just so you know.
2: And that's a year after Selection Sunday was ruined by Tom Brady coming out of retirement on Selection Sunday right? to say he was going to play at least one more year with the Bucks, I mean, right. that is consecutive years. Not to mention the first overall pick was traded on Saturday. So, yeah, Selection Sunday comes in, and the NFL has just basically thrown a couple of rights and lefts at the NCAA saying, remember when we want something, we just take it.
1: I mean, I think it's it Charlie Baker, who's the new president of the NCAA, the former governor of Massachusetts. I mean, he might as well have picked up the phone, called Aaron Rodgers yesterday afternoon and said, could you just get this over with today? OK, because I don't need you stealing any of our thunder on Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday. OK, could you just get it over with today, please? I mean, then this way, the folks in the New York metropolitan area won't be all that bent out of shape because Rutgers got screwed. And I don't even know if they did. I mean, the teams are so mediocre near the bubble line. I mean, is anybody really outraged because Nevada got in and Rutgers didn't? I mean, NC State got in and Clemson didn't, which, Mark, I got to be honest, that's rich. And Clemson finished ahead of them in the standings and I believe beat them three times.
2: You've got that exactly right.
1: Okay. I just wanted to make sure I got my facts right. So So let's do the blind resume. Okay, put it up on the board. NC State has how many quad one wins? One. Okay. How'd they do against Clemson? Oh, and 3 Well, how'd they do during the regular season? They finished behind them. Huh. Ah, let's put them in. <laughs> uh, and North Carolina's too good for the NIT. Not interested. We're done. We're done. A couple of the pros on that team said, I am not playing in the NIT. Are you serious? Hell no. No. I'm going to take in the tournament with the co-eds. Okay? I mean, it's not as good as taking it in as playing, but yeah, I'll bet it won't be bad.
2: Do you have a problem with North Carolina saying no to the NIT?
1: No. Not at all. I don't either. I really don't. And here's why I don't, because I know Wake Forest really wanted to play in the NIT. And usually the NIT only takes two schools per conference. They very rarely take more than two. And so in theory, with Clemson being left out, then it was going to be Clemson and North Carolina. So with North Carolina saying no, did, is Wake now in the NIT? And they really wanted to play. I mean, Steve Forbes, when they got beat in the ACC tournament, said, we really want to continue playing. I mean, it was a message directly to the NIT. Okay, we want to keep playing. Got a young team. A lot of guys coming back next year. This next week or two could really benefit us. So, no, I don't have a problem at all. Mark, if they don't want to be there, don't play.
2: I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. I just thought, you know, sometimes people get upset when a, a school like that says, we're too good for a tournament, and then they get grief for it. I have no problem with it whatsoever. Some very tough
1: draws out there. First off, let me tell you, committee stuck it to Kansas, which is tough to do. I mean, they gave them a one, but they didn't put them in the Midwest. And the reason why that would have been significant is if Kansas had gotten to the sweet 16, they'd be playing in Kansas city. Instead, Okay, they put them in the West. And they're going to have to play somebody like Arkansas, who's a very dangerous team in the second round. And they may have to go through UCLA in a region final.
2: Yeah, UCLA is talked about as a number one seed for two weeks. And they end up as Kansas' number two.
1: As Alabama got the number one overall seed. They got the Southeast region, Houston got the Midwest region, Kansas, the West, Purdue, the East first time in forever that Purdue's a one seed.
2: And that usually means they don't go to the final four.
1: Well, I I mean, Matt Painter's a hell of a coach, not necessarily the third week of March. I mean, let's be honest. You know, he had two lottery picks on his team last year, one who came back and one who left. And he couldn't beat St. Peter's. One would think that wasn't his best afternoon of work. But I digress. But the brackets are out. I think a very tough draw for the Canes. We talked about this, Mark. We talked about it a little bit, the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, that you were with us last week. And then we talked about it Thursday and Friday in which I said to Felipe, Felipe, I am very worried about the Canes. It's what the ACC tournament is very important. And by the way, they stuck it to Duke too. I mean, Duke wins the ACC. Duke has one loss in the last six weeks. That controversial loss at Virginia where the officials screwed up and didn't award Duke free throws with time left on the clock. They make one of them. They win that game. That's their only loss in six weeks.
2: And with their roster healthy, they're like eight, when they when they have their full roster, they're eighteen and one. Exactly, and that's and supposed to be both. something that's considered. Sorry, David, that you know they are supposed to consider the injury factor when they go into that room. Our players back are they healthy? They're healthy, and they won the ACC tournament. It just shows you what they think overall of the ACC this year.
1: No doubt, no doubt. Pitt nearly won the ACC regular season. They're in a playing game. Clemson finished, what, T3 in the ACC? Didn't even make the tournament. Yeah, no, no doubt they did not think highly of the ACC. But Duke is a five. Miami is a five. And we talked about it a week or so ago. The 12s this year are really good. The Drakes and the Oral Roberts and the Chattanoogas of the world. These are 27 to 31 win teams. And Duke gets a five seed. I mean, Tennessee a four, the way Tennessee finished the season and Tennessee's out without their point guard. Tennessee gets a four and Duke gets a five. I mean, it's funny. I really think they stuck it to Kansas and Duke. And Mark, if you could tell me Miami's going to beat Drake, I think they got a real chance to go on a run.
2: Oh, I think the same thing with Duke. They got to win that first game. And it's not going to be easy.
1: We'll say this. I believe Duke's in Orlando. Not the greatest set of games in Orlando, but I believe they put Duke in Orlando.
2: Yeah, against Oral Roberts and then Tennessee, Louisiana, in Oral Roberts.
1: So a little Thursday-Saturday deal in Orlando. My guess is Duke and Tennessee will be the night session, and then it'll be the late game on Saturday, late afternoon, but still. You know, that's not bad because the first games that they released in Orlando, you were like, oh, boy. You know, like I was hoping they'd put Miami or FAU in Orlando. A little something, something.
2: No. Mm-mm. No, they did not make that an easy ticket to to sell with what they gave it. Now, usually when that works out that way, you get a great draw. When, right. when you get a bunch of 5-12, 4-13 matchups and you go, oh, that doesn't look all that great. That could be the four best games of the tournament. You just just how those things tend to fall.
1: There's about 10 years ago, Tampa had one of those pods in which every game was a buzzer beater and the upset happened every game. I think it was like one of Brando's last games for last pods for CBS. So let's hope that's the case. But the brackets came out and mark i have to admit the timing was perfect scotty scheffler with five birdies in a row the players is basically over although i'm sitting in my living room and looking outside and i can see it's a two club wind and it's swirling and i'm like well he at least has to stay dry on 17. i mean you really could put one or two balls in the water here so let's just see and when he knocked it to about 15 feet on 17 And he did that, and it was like, that's fantastic. And I switched over, and Greg Gumbel said, welcome to CBS's selection show. I'm Greg Gumbel. And and he went right, and I go, oh, this is perfect. Good timing, guys. Way to go.
2: Yeah, Scheffler easily wins the players, just runs away with it, getting his number one in the world spot back with that win. Yeah,
1: he's got a one-shot lead going in eight, and he just rips off five in a row. The most ever birdies in a row was six on that course. You might be able to take a guess who that was. I was going to go out on a limb. Actually, it was Azinger. I thought when they were queuing it up, it was, you know, Tiger, of course. I mean, you know, the God himself. Okay, but it was actually Azinger.
2: Anybody else take a drive to the airport this weekend other than Tiger?
1: did he take the drive or did his staff (laughs) did he just stay back and relay the message Miller and Moulton the Florida Sports Network floridasportsnetwork.com we got a good show lined up I don't know if you you guys caught I mean it was a long weekend but uh Chicago doesn't have the first overall pick of the draft anymore
2: correct how about that Well, we talked about it. Just get it over with if you want to do it. Now, they went all in. And Carolina went after it. And wow. Quite the haul for the Bears.
1: The Dolphins continue to push all in. Jalen Ramsey with Xavier Howard at corner. Huh. Vic's got some new toys for that defense. And Shelby Mast will join us. And we'll say who'd they get right, who'd they get wrong when it comes to the Brackets. Miller and Moulton. Hope you had a good weekend. Thanks for starting your week with us on the Florida Sports Network.
0: You're listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network.
1: 21 minutes past the hour, Miller and Moulton. Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Thanks so much for being with us. The starting five coming up in less than 20 minutes. So there were two big NFL trades in the last, well, let's just call it 72 hours to be safe. We'll start with the most recent one. I mean, can anybody have a problem with what the Dolphins gave up to get Jalen Ramsey? They gave up the 77th pick of the draft. They still have another third-round pick, by the way. And they gave up a backup tight end named Hunter Long. And they agreed. Jalen had three years left on his contract. I don't know if any of them were guaranteed. And they agreed to make the first two years guaranteed. So he didn't get a raise, but he's guaranteed to get his money. Now he ain't cheap. You know, he's 20. I mean, you know, Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey. I mean, that's 37 million, 35, 37 million at corner right there. I mean, get healthy, guys. Play better than you did last year, guys. But, I mean, Mark, do you have any problem with the deal from the Dolphins standpoint?
2: None whatsoever.
1: To show you what trouble the Rams are in cap-wise, do you know they're only saving $5 million on this year's cap by doing this? They're taking an $18 million dead cap hit because the deal goes into effect Wednesday. This isn't a June 1st deal. They're doing this now. And the thought is, in the next 48 hours, Mark, the Rams may completely tear it down. Stafford, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald. I mean, they, they could be on the clock, essentially, by Wednesday afternoon.
2: And this is similar to what we've talked about the Bucks doing because they paid it forward over and over again and have themselves in a position where they're up against them in the cap, can you retool on the fly and take one year off and get yourself cap compliant so that going forward, you can start signing players.
1: Speaking of the Bucks, they're linked to Baker Mayfield to be the veteran quarterback to come in and challenge Kyle Trask and may the best man win. I mean, we said it last year, When Cleveland went and got Deshaun Watson, we said, if I'm Baker Mayfield, I'm Brady's understudy. Don't go to a bad situation where they throw you to the Wolves and you end up doing poorly. Go somewhere and basically say, I'll be the guy whenever he's done. A year, two years, whatever it is, I'm in no hurry. He didn't do it, they didn't do it, but they may do it a year later. Okay. All right. Now, was it Friday late afternoon or was it bright and early Saturday? I don't know. Whenever the deal went down. I thought it was late Friday. So, let me ask you this. Your gut reaction to the Bears-Carolina trade. Gut reaction before I kind
2: of dig deep on you. I was a little surprised that it was Carolina. A lot surprised. Okay. I, I mean, to make that big of a jump from nine to one, that that floored me. That they were able to get enough together to get that deal done, and for whatever reason, David, you had me sold when I, you know, I, I was buying what you were selling with the Bears that they could have tried to maybe make two moves and trade this. So that was the first thing that that both Houston and Indianapolis got passed by, and they're not going to get one of these quarterbacks. So I, I was impressed with Carolina and a little surprised it, it, well it floored me to be really honest that, that nine and one traded I was stunned.
1: okay by the way there's now all sorts of word that Carolina then's going to trade the pick to Indianapolis and move down to four if if that happens I if I was the owner of the Carolina Panthers I would fire everybody I know they've had the job an hour I'd start over but just need to get that off my chest okay. Did Carolina, or excuse me, did Chicago get enough? And the reason I ask that is, and I might have been living in fantasy land, but we went through teams trading into the top 10 and top five and what it is you have to give up to move up even one spot. And yes, I wanted to, if I was Chicago, move down to two. And I think I could have gotten a second-round pick from Houston to do it. Because Houston knows somebody's trading up to one. And they run the risk of losing the guy they really want. And if all you have to give up is one second-round pick to get the guy you want. I mean, Mark, this is like 15, 20 years ago, but was it – Cleveland, Detroit, a second-round pick to move up from seven to six for Kellen Winslow Jr. I mean, I believe if I'm Chicago, I could have gotten a second-round pick out of Houston. This year's second, by the way. Like the 33rd pick of the draft. To move up. And then I could have gotten not only this year's one from Indianapolis, but next year's one, and at least – one future second-round pick. So if you think about it, Mark, Chicago got, if you consider moving down to nine, a first-round pick, because I don't really. They got a first-round pick next year. They got a second-round pick this year and a second-round pick in 25 and DJ Moore. And oh, by the way, they slid down eight spots. That was the deal to move to nine not four so mark you tell me you've you're the assistant gm you've worked the phones you've got this deal on the table you come to me with it and i go Oh, well, mark i was going to get a one and two twos minimum to move down twice and we're at four so w- what am i getting here i'm getting dj moore that's and I
2: and I think I, I, I you can't slight that. That's a number I one that's a number one receiver and think about who was throwing him the damn ball last year. They I had agree. inept quarterback play and he still puts up numbers. It's far better. It's a, not a great wide receiver draft for certainly for ones. So now they they get fields a one. They've got a stretch receiver in uh the quick guy there's Mooney. Uh-huh. Um and then they got the kid from Pittsburgh who they're trying to develop into a number 2. So I, I think the DJ Moore part has to be factored into this. Fair enough.
1: So I get DJ Moore, and believe it or not, his salary cap hits an advantage to the Bears because they have no money on the books, and they're like the Bengals. They actually have to hit the floor. So they need his $20 million. They actually – that DJ Moore was even more enticing to them. They were hoping his salary was $30 million. But if you're Chicago, the deal, if you had done – what I said, you would have gotten a one and two twos, you'd be at four, and you wouldn't have DJ Moore. Instead, you got your one and two twos, you got DJ Moore, you're at nine. Which deal do you like better?
2: I I like yours, but I'm afraid that it wasn't happening. Now, they had plenty of time to wait unless Carolina said this is the deal, take it or leave it or we're not doing it anymore, which doesn't make sense to me if you're Carolina because you're just trying to get there.
1: I mean, you know, they made the deal on what, March 10th, March 11th? I mean, I know Carolina's trying to create a sense of urgency, but I'd look at them and go, guys, you do know the draft's in 50 days. Take it easy. And besides, I can do a deal with Houston and Indianapolis. I don't even need your phone number. Because here's the other part of the equation, Mark. Let's just say they had done the trade down twice. Say they're sitting at four. Think somebody wants to move up for Richardson?
2: It's obviously possible there was a way to move down three times and still get your guy. So that's
1: just my question to you. Do you think Chicago, it's a solid deal. It is. It's a good, solid deal. Do you think they got
2: enough? And I think they do. I think the DJ Moore part of it gives them enough, but I don't understand why they had to do it so early.
1: And you're right. I'll bet Carolina said, listen, we need to know now when the new year starts on Wednesday, what we're doing.
2: Miller and Moulton, starting five, coming up on the other side. Thanks so much for listening right here on the Florida Sports Network.
0: You're listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network.
1: 22 minutes before the hour, Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Frank Garcia does sports in Charlotte. He will join us coming up one hour from now. Panthers and Bears making the big trade. Chris Perkins, he's a columnist. The Sun Sentinel writes about the Dolphins. They made a big trade. Brought Jalen Ramsey into the fold. We'll talk to Perk a couple hours from now. And Shelby Mast in her bonus hour, he missed one, by the way. He got 67. He had Rutgers in, Nevada out. He missed one. That's not bad.
2: That seems to be the one that everyone missed. I mean, that that seems to be the complaint. And Nevada had the good net number, but lacked some others (laughs) generally do because no one plays teams like that. Right. So I'm happy with Nevada getting in over Rutgers. Nothing against Rutgers, but the Big Ten had enough teams.
1: Agreed. I think Rutgers is saying, hold on, we went to Penn State, final week of the regular season, beat the Nittany Lions. Look what they did after that. Not only that, we lost to Purdue by five on a neutral court in the Big Ten tournament. You sure we're not a tournament team? Yeah, could make that argument. But without their best player, it, it was an easy omission. Time now for
0: The Starting Five. Five stories you need to know. It's The Starting Five on Miller and Moulton. Here's number one.
1: Top four seeds, Bama, Houston, Kansas, Purdue in the east. The two Florida teams of the tournament are Miami and FAU. The Canes got a five seed in the Midwest region. They get a tough first-round game. An experienced, good Conference champion out of the Missouri Valley and the Bulldogs from Drake. And I think this is DeVries' best team during this four- or five-year run that he's put together, in part because his son plays for them now. And I think he's better than anybody else they've had since the pandemic. And Miami may be down a starter. FAU got a nine seed in the East, which certainly showed that FAU was in even if they lost the UAB in the conference final. They're facing red-hot Memphis, though, Mark. Memphis, who beat Houston in the AAC final in an 8-9 matchup, FAU and Memphis.
2: Houston, without their best player in that game, needs to be noted. He was injured. So, yes, a win, but they didn't beat the full complement of the Cougars.
1: The last four teams in were Mississippi State, Arizona State, Nevada, and Pitt. Arizona State clearly got in because of that 55-footer to beat Arizona a week and a half ago. I mean, that was the win that got them in. I don't think beating USC in the Pac-12 tournament would have got them in without the win against Arizona. And so Mississippi State getting by the Gators by one in overtime kept them in the tournament Gators nearly knocked the Bulldogs out on the women's side South Carolina Stanford vatech Indiana in a bit of a surprise over Caitlin Clark and Iowa are the four number one seeds South Carolina is undefeated talk is that this is a legendary team one of the very best ever and it's you know 67 against one does anybody have anything for South Carolina? bunch of Florida teams are in the field Florida State's a seven seed they take on Georgia Miami's a nine seed they take on Oklahoma State South Florida got a tough draw they're an eight seed they face a good Marquette team who's already beaten UConn this year then if they win they get South Carolina but nobody gets screwed quite like the Eagles of FGCU when it comes to the tournament doesn't matter they win 30 plus games doesn't matter that their net says they should be an eight or a nine nope 32 wins, the only team in the country that's got as many as South Carolina. What are they? There were 12. And Mark, I don't know who screwed more, FGCU or Washington State, their first round opponent.
2: I think Washington State. FGCU, they win that one. That you know, if they're an eight-nine, they win. They play a one. If they win that game, they get to play a four seed. I, I mean, it is. And
1: you know, for those that are FGCU fans, the women are being sent to. Philadelphia where did the men go and they went to the sweet 16 10 years ago Philadelphia NFL Carolina Panthers are now on the clock they traded with the Bears the Bears moved down to the nine hole in this year's draft they get a second-round pick in DJ Moore immediately they get a first-round pick in next year's draft and they get a second-round pick in 2025 So two ones, two twos, and D.J. Moore, although one of the ones is sliding down eight spots. Did the Bears get enough? Did Carolina overpay? Either way, the Panthers are on the clock. The early thought is they're going C.J. Stroud. Carolina was at the combine, number one. Number two, Stroud was really good there. Number three, Josh McCown is their quarterback coach. Before he was hired as their quarterback coach, when he was still working in the media, In late January, he produced a video talking about the quarterbacks. And he clearly raved about C.J. Stroud. So right now, the early money is on Carolina taking C.J. Stroud with the first overall pick of the draft. Dolphins gave up a third-round pick and tight end Hunter Long to get Jalen Ramsey from the Rams. Rams only saved $5 million in cap room. Take a nearly $18 million cap hit to do this deal. So it's Ramsey and Howard right now, the corners. And for those in our Twitch chat room wanting to know, does Vic play man or play zone? The answer is yes. But he plays a lot more zone than the Dolphins have played the last three years. I'm going to throw this out there, Mark. Ramsey did not have his best year. Howard clearly didn't have his best year. He was playing like 60%. I mean, it was obvious that Howard could not run the way he normally ran. One, I give Howard credit for playing through it. You know, the Dolphins were fading down the stretch. They needed a win. Howard played through it. Not everybody in the NFL does. All right. Number two, I saw the Rams twice late in the season. Jalen Ramsey played hard. Hard. They played a game in Green Bay with Baker Mayfield, at quarterback, and they had nothing for the Packers that day. And Jalen Ramsey balled for three hours. He really did. I was very impressed with Jalen Ramsey on a bad team, how hard he played for the Rams last year. Just throwing that out there. He did not grade out the way he normally did last year. It was a down year for him. But it impressed me that in a dire situation, he played really hard when it could have been really easy to go oh man my back my hamstrings feeling a little tight um Washington remember they tagged Durant Payne well now they signed him 4 years 90 million that's the second richest deal for a d-lineman ever 60 of the 90 is guaranteed the jets waiting on Aaron Rodgers unbelievable so they signed Quincy Williams three years 18 million. That created six million in cap space. Jets have made a bunch of deals in the last three days to create cap space. I mean, they're they're ready. They're ready to take on this hit. How whatever it's gonna be, they're ready. I got a theory. Today or tomorrow, Aaron Rodgers is gonna say, okay, send me to the Jets. He was speaking at some weird science convention over the weekend. And I think. That he just wanted to get that out of the way. And now he's going to come back and
2: take care of things. I think it's done today. I think it's done by noon.
1: Bills add two years to Matt Milano's deal at 14 million per. He's now signed for four more years. They create six million in gap space. By doing that, a reminder the new league year starts Wednesday afternoon. Scotty Scheffler won the players by five. Thank you very much. Over Terrell Hatton. It was a one-shot lead on the AT, and he said, well, how about if I birdie the next five? That usually does the trick. $4.5 by the way, for winning the players. I'm just saying. William Byron won again, back-to-back on the NASCAR circuit. They were in Phoenix this weekend. Kyle Larson led over 200 laps but finished fourth. Alex Bowman with a top-10 finish, and he now leads the points race. Kevin Harvick finished fifth. He's second in the points race. Our buddy Ross Jastain led a lap but finished 24th, and he's now third in the points race, six points back. NBA, time is running out for the Heat, Mark, and Felipe. Both Brooklyn and the Knicks won on the road last night. Brooklyn went into Denver, beat the Nuggets, who are kind of going through a lull here, kind of like the Celtics went through a lull a couple weeks ago. Brooklyn 122-120, and the Knicks snapped a three-game skid, beating the Lakers 112-108. And that puts the Heat three and a half games behind both Brooklyn and the Knicks to get out of the play-in. I mean, right now, the Heat are closer to 10th than they are 6th. So, if you're a Heat fan, barring the unforeseen here, you're probably playing Atlanta in a play-in. Uh, Philly beat Washington by 19, and the Wizards have dropped out of the play-in. Chicago has taken their place in the 10 hole. Uh, New Orleans is tied for 10th by beating Portland. OKC is tied for 10th in the West. They beat San Antonio by 12. Luka, by the way, out tonight. Second missed game in a row, Mark, for Dallas. And Kyrie may not play also. And they're playing Memphis. And, of course, Ja's not going to play. So how about that for star power? No Luka, probably no Kyrie, and no Ja. The NBA on TNT. It's fantastic.
2: Once the playoffs Um, start. Oh, sorry.
1: Yeah, exactly. In a month. Not a good weekend for the Lightning. Stamkos got hurt on Saturday. I have not heard the extent of the injury, but he didn't play yesterday. It didn't look good, leaving the ice Saturday. It looked
2: horrible. I mean, not horrible, but it looked like there were some serious leg problems there. He didn't come back left in the first period.
1: Winnipeg edged Tampa Bay 3-2 yesterday. Jersey beat Carolina 3-0. Those two teams are tied for first. Pittsburgh beat the Rangers 3-2 in overtime. Penguins are the first wild card. You know, the Panthers three points behind the Islanders for the last playoff spot and they actually have a game in hand. Remember this whole second half? The Panthers have been giving up games to everybody they're chasing. They're three points behind the Islanders and they've actually played one less game. And what in the wide world of sports happened in Detroit yesterday? The Wings beat the Bruins 5-3.
2: Yeah, they were up 4-0. It was the largest deficit the Bruins have faced all season long. It's March.
1: Just the 10th regulation loss for the Bruins. They've played nearly 70 games. And World Baseball Classic. Huh? How many of you, you just can't get enough of this?
2: Well, I just want to know who designed Great Britain's unis.
1: You mean the Red Sox road unis that they just found the lettering and put "Great" and "Britain" on the front? Right. And said this will do.
2: Yes. Whatever yeah. the font is you're using, just go with that one. That'll work.
1: Yeah. No, that's fine. Yeah. No. 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 It looks like it looks like. Yeah. Little League. Yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah. They're on the road. Don't
2: disgrace Little League by saying. I was about I, to say, I've, I've seen Little Leagues look a hell of a lot better. Yes. Little League than uniforms are vibrant and colorful. That's
1: true. You guys make a gun good point. <laughs> I, I stand corrected. My apologies to Little League uniforms out there. Even the ones that Mom mistakenly bleached. They're better than what Great Britain is wearing. Uh, Mexico all over the United States last night, 11-5. to 5 In the second round robin game. You know, the U.S. almost got mercy ruled. It was 11-2. If you're up by 10. All right. They, they call the sucker. But US plays Canada at 10 o'clock tonight on FS1. By the way, here's a here's an idea. So you got Team USA in the World Baseball Classic. You probably, if you're Major League Baseball, want a few people to pay attention to this, right? So here's the deal. We have a choice. We could put Team USA in Miami or Phoenix. You know the difference between a seven o'clock start and a 10 PM start, Eastern time. Seventy plus percent of the households are east of the Mississippi. So, of course, Team USA is in Phoenix, right? Yeah, Yeah. Mark. I don't know if you heard. I went on a diatribe Friday about if they're going to do this, they need to do like the NHL and hockey. They need to have it in July. They need to shut the sport down. They need to try it once and see if it works. And I understand you might lose a little bit of money, maybe. Then again, maybe not. I don't know. But if you're going to do it, do it. Not this half-ass every three years, pitchers can't pitch past the fourth, hitters aren't in shape, and they're you know pulling muscles in their side because they're not ready to go. You know, Kershaw can't play because he can't get insurance on his back. I mean, come on. Either we're doing this or we're not. Yes or no. We want Otani facing Trout. At 8.30 on a Wednesday night on Fox or not? Yes or no? And that was...
0: That was the starting five every weekday morning at this time on Miller & Moulton.
2: The World Baseball Classic. Okay. Just give me... Puerto Rico game against Venezuela, give me those games. I'd rather watch those anyhow because the fans are all in. The atmosphere is terrific, and there are certain countries that care about this thing. We don't, and I don't know if we ever will, but if they don't try something, this will die too. Miller and Moulton, thanks for listening. Florida Sports Network.